Amen. Take your copy of God's Word and look with me, if you will, to Psalm 19. Psalm 19 is we look at how God speaks to us, how He communicates with us. You know, communication is so key to every relationship we have. I mean, whether you're in the family life, you're in the business life, you're in the church life, communication is key. I, I found it out probably, especially when I got married and I realized how you had to communicate in marriage. And then when I was in the church life and I've begun leading churches, I recognized how important it is that we communicate in a positive and clear way, especially when some of us have challenges. I'm talking about folks from Louisiana, by the way. We people from Mississippi, we know what we're saying sometimes. But I have noted that we have phrases that may not translate into the local Louisiana color. For example, I was there at Pine Grove Baptist Church, and I got a call from this guy from Zachary, Louisiana, that wanted to come and see me. He said, we're going to bring a pulpit committee over, if it's okay with you, Brother Reggie. And we're going to be there in your church, and we're going to listen to you, because and, and, we really believe that God's leading us to call you as pastor. But we want to make that official visit. We want to come. I said, that's fine. It would be awesome. Uh, come on over. I'll probably have to be packing my bags as soon as you walk in the door, but go ahead and come to the church. And he said, okay. He said, by the way, Brother Reggie, where do you live in comparison to the church? I, I said, well, I live above the church. He said, okay, good deal. So we'll come that day and we'll visit with you and, okay, good deal. They came, they listened to me, everything began to progress and advance. Uh, I met with the committee again and as I went into the committee, I think Leslie and I were talking with them this last final time, they had this question for us. They said, you know, we enjoyed the message that you preached that day, obviously. There was great sense of God's spirit there in that place. And, but we have one question. How in the world could you live in the attic of that church? And I said, what? And they said, well, the pitch on that church. And I mean, how could you? We determined then that you must be the pastor for us because you must be the most humble man that's ever lived if you and your wife live above the church. I said, where did you get that idea? How did... You said you lived above the church. Come on, folks. Some of you Mississippi people that moved here, we know that means you live north of the church, right? Above the church. North on the road. Just keep going and you'll find the pastorium above the church. I thought they were going to re revoke their call to me at that point. But I realized that we could communicate and miscommunicate, actually, very easily. But, you know, in the relationship with God, communication is key. The way he communicates with us, the way we communicate with him. And I hope over these next three weeks in particular that we will be able to look at this relationship that we have with God. Remember, that's what we're focusing upon, the relationship we have with him, that upward relationship. And what is so key is how he communicates with us and how we communicate with him. Today, as we look at Psalm 19, 
we want to, I think, specifically focus on how God speaks. David is writing, and this is his testimony again, and he says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language, where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven, and its circuit to the other end. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from my secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me, then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. David just pours his heart out to God, and as he is reflecting upon God and his, and his attributes, he thinks about how God has spoken in his own way, how God has spoken to his heart. Notice what he says here. He says, first of all, that God speaks through his creation. He says that God speaks through his creation. Here he says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. All the way down to verse 6, David emphasizes how creation speaks about God. And we know that as well today. I mean, we can walk out today on a beautiful spring day. We can walk out, right? And we can recognize God's beauty, God's work, and we know that God can use those things to speak to us. What does God say when he speaks through creation? Well, one, he says, I'm God. I mean, it's a very simple introduction that we have to God. He says, I am God. It says, when you look at the heavens, when you look at the sun and the stars, when you look at creation itself, creation declares that there is a God. Similar to what Paul would say later on. So he writes to the Romans. That there are certain attributes of God that can be seen in creation itself. When you look at creation, you ought to be able to know that there is a God. And creation is this general revelation that is given to all people at all times and all places. So in other words, no matter where you are, no matter what nation you live in, Whatever city you find yourself in, you ought to be able to look at creation and say, there is a God. God announces his being through creation. God says, I am here and I am God. I love the way Wayne Grudem says it. He says that every blade of grass, every drop of ocean water, every leaf on a tree, 
everything that you see says there is a God. God says, I am. And I have demonstrated myself through creation. He introduces himself to us. In other words, God has made the first move in this relationship by declaring his being, by saying, I am here. Do you remember that time? Some of you guys may be in particular. Do you remember that time when you approached that girl that you really, really liked? That girl that you thought you had no shot at, but you wanted to maybe ask her out. Maybe you wanted, maybe it was just a simple introduction. You just wanted to go to her and say, hey, I am so-and-so. I don't know if you've ever noticed me, but do you remember those moments? Some of you, it's been a long time. I'll give you a moment to think back. But do you remember that? I mean, do you remember how nervous you were? Do you remember how difficult it may have been to formulate those words on your lips? To be able to go and introduce yourself perhaps and then to maybe ask her out. That's the reason I'm so thankful that Leslie came to me. I'm so thankful. <laughs> but you remember what it was like. How difficult it may have been. Get this, get this, get this. This is what's wonderful about the relationship we have with God. God makes the first move. He takes the initiative to introduce himself to us. While we're going about our way and while we've been formulated in sin itself and while we've been directed in ways of error, just as David will say later, how can even we know all of the error that's entered into our hearts? He says, God is taking the initiative through creation itself to declare his being. Creation introduces us to God. We can go out and we can see his majesty. We can see who he is. What does he say through creation? He says, I am God. And you know what else he says? He says, I am great. He says, I am great. The heavens themselves declare the glory of God. The sun running in its path, running upon its course. It demonstrates the greatness of the God we serve. Now, typically, when we think about somebody introducing themselves to us and when we think about a relationship that we are entering into with another person we're usually turned off when we think about somebody declaring their own greatness last night I heard my kids talking a little bit and one said to the other nobody likes a bragger maybe they're finally hearing what their dad has to say you know Nobody likes a bragger. And that, there's so much truth in that. There's so much truth in the idea of people not liking other individuals that declare their greatness. How many of you love to enter into a relationship when the first thing out of the other individual's mouth is, hey, I want to tell you how, how I've been able to do that and I've been able to read. I, I, I'm pretty good at that. Most of the time, we don't think about other people's greatness and we don't necessarily say hey we want to form a relationship with somebody that declares their greatness but get this about God this is what David says here I think two things one 
he says, God didn't necessarily speak it audibly. Now, he could have, and he had a right to it. We're going to talk about it in a moment. But he says, you have these nonverbal communications, creation, his words. In other words, it's not just what he said, it's what he has done. There's an interplay, I think, here. If you look at verse 3, where it says, there's no speech nor language. Now, in the English translation I'm reading, it says, where their voice is not heard. When you look at the orig original language, it's, it almost speaks about this inaudible voice. In other words, it's not something that is spoken, so to, it's not something like that's verbal. Rather, it is demonstrated through work. So in other words, God didn't just brag. He didn't just say, hey, I'm great. He said, you look at my works and you will determine that I am great. I want you to know that I am great. And the other part of this, it's kind of what somebody said to me one time. You know, if you can do something, if you can do it, it's not bragging, right? If you can do it, it's not. Our God, get this, our God has set heaven, the earth, God has set all of the stars, the moon, the sun. God has set everything in its position the right time and the right purpose my friends if you can't look at that and determine that he is great then I believe something is wrong with your discernment God is great and he wants us to understand that he wants us to know that again we could not know that apart from God revealing himself to us we cannot know this relationship. We cannot know how wonderful and great he is unless he demonstrated himself to us and he took the initiative in our lives. When we look at creation, we ought to hear God clearly speak and say, I am great. Again, Wayne Grudem, great theologian. This is what he said. The beauty of a snowflake, the majestic power of a thunderstorm, the skill of a honeybee, the refreshing taste of cold water, the incredible abilities of the human hand, all these and thousands of other aspects of creation simply could not have come into existence apart from the activity of an all-powerful and all-wise creator. When you, look, when you look at creation itself, you see the design that is woven through the fabric of creation. You have to determine that there is a God and that He is a great God to be able to put all of those things together in such a marvelous and wonderful way. You see, God speaks. He speaks through creation. And he says to us, as David has shown us, that there is a God. He says, I'm God, and I'm great. Creation is wonderful. I love to be outdoors, don't you? Just to be able to look at the beauty of things, take a few trips, see how God has blessed us. 
But creation cannot answer all of our questions for us. While God speaks through creation. Hear me. God does speak through creation. Creation in and of itself is not adequate to initiate that deep relationship with God. Now listen. Creation is adequate to introduce us to God. But creation is not adequate to initiate the relationship that we so desperately need with God. So in other words, when God speaks through creation, he says, here I am, I'm God, I'm great. You come to that realization, he's made the first move in your life in this relationship. But then he leads us to a deeper relationship that comes through knowing him intimately and knowing his word itself. Notice, beginning in verse 7, he leaves that theme of creation. And I think he shows us that God speaks through Scripture. He said the law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord. In particular here, he's speaking about the Torah, about that revelation of God that had been given specifically for his people. David said, hey, I'm thinking now about how God has spoken to us through the law, through the Scripture as they would know it. Now, again, God speaks through creation. And I could talk to you about all kinds of other ways that God does speak. I mean, we know that, that God speaks, well, he speaks through circumstances, right? God speaks through the people of God, the church itself. We know all those things. But here, David emphasizes how God speaks through Scripture. You know, every time you open this book, for example, and you read it, God's speaking to you. Teaching a class on Monday mornings concerning preaching. I have about seven students just started, so I'll probably have two at the end, but I got seven right now. And I've been reading through some different notes, and a pastor friend of mine that had taught this class before had written in the margin that we ought to have a word of God for the moment, for the hour, when we come to the pulpit. Reminded about that. Should be for that specific moment, that specific time. And if we don't, for some reason we haven't heard the Holy Spirit, Spirit speak to us or move upon our hearts or say this is where you need... He says, the least you can do is get up and read Scripture. Because when you read Scripture, you are guaranteed that God is speaking. A great reminder to me personally. But Maybe nothing was better than this morning as I was getting ready and I had my Bible and... I'd look back over my notes, and I decided I didn't like the wording on certain things, so I started, you know, last minute still working, just the way my mind goes. And my four-year-old daughter looked over me and said, Dad, that must be some powerful stuff in that book that you teach every Sunday. And I said, you know what? There's some powerful stuff in this book. Because this is God's word. A four-year-old recognized it this morning. And for us to recognize that when we look at his word, 
we look at his scripture, he is speaking to us. May I say this to you? How can you ever develop your relationship with God if you do not hear him speak? Can you imagine living with your spouse for 10 years and never listening or hearing or not even allowing your spouse to speak to you? And yet God wants to speak to your life. And yes, he's done it through these general ways, through creation. It's a wonderful thing. I celebrate that. So did David. But we need to recognize that God will speak to us specifically and primarily through his word. And what does he say when he speaks to us? Well, David, as you read on here, David basically says, God will speak and God will say something like this. God will say, hey, I am straightforward and I am sure with you. In other words, you can trust me. When I speak, you can trust me. Every relationship, to some extent, is predicated on truth. On an understanding that when I speak and you speak, we're going to try to be honest with one another. Right? At some point, every relationship. But especially the deepest and the most significant relationships are undergirded by trustworthiness. For the relationship that you have with your child or the relationship that you have with your parent, the relationship that you have with your husband, the relationship you have with your wife, the relationship that even you are to have at work with your boss, co-workers. If you are not honest in your communication, then those relationships will suffer and they will suffer, suffer dearly. What God says here as you read this is he says the law is perfect, the testimony of the Lord is sure, the statutes of the Lord. Notice all those synonyms basically of scripture. It says all of these things are sure, are right, they're true, they're righteous. In other words, when God speaks and he speaks through his scripture, you can always take it at face value. It is straightforward, it is sure, it is trustworthy. In every case. Man, that's awesome to me. That when I hear God's word, and when God chooses to speak to me in such ways, I can always count on him. Now, you and I, living in this world, we recognize that we've not always had those type of communication moments, those type of relationships. There have been times when people have let us down, right? Right? You don't have to look at them. I'm just saying. There are times when people let us down. People are less than honest with us. And how disappointed we are. All of us have faced that disappointment. But get this. God has assured us that when we speak, and when he speaks to us, we can have absolute confidence and assurance in what he's got to say. If there's a relational issue, listen, if there's a communication issue, it's not on God's side. It's not on God's side. God has said he will level with us and he will be 
honest with us in every moment of life. And when we hear him speak through his scripture, we can take it at face value. God says, I'm straightforward. I'm sure. God says, I'm strong. I'm significant. In other words, when this relationship, when you enter into it, you will see a change in your life or transformation. Relationships change us. Relationships so change us. I think back in my own personal journey and spiritual life, and I could tell you all these people that I had relationships with, mentors that just helped me, helped me determine what God wanted me to be in my life. I could take you back to pastors and professors people that were there for me and just because I knew them just because I studied with them or maybe just came in contact with them I was changed but I have never been changed like the transformation that has occurred through my relationship with Jesus Christ that has impacted me and it should have impacted you in a significant, strong way. Listen to what it says God's Word does when God speaks. It says, converting the soul, transformation, making wise the simple, illumination. God is going to work in my life to make me better. Isn't that the goal or shouldn't that be the goal of basically every relationship that we have? I love my wife. We've been married almost 17 years now. Thank God for her, the way she supports me and the way she does so many different things. But you know, I have told people before, one of the best things about Marrying Leslie Bridges, or Leslie Neves, that was your name. Yeah, Leslie Neves. One of the best things about marrying her was that she makes me a better person in my relationship. She does. I'm better because I married her. I don't know why she married me sometimes, but I'm better because I did marry her, and she said yes. Absolutely. I would hope we all in our relationships could say, hey, we are better people because we've entered into this relationship. And again, of all relationships, of all relationships, we should be able to say that we are better people, that we've been transformed, that we've been illuminated. Why? Because we have come face to face with the Lord Jesus. And when you come face to face with him and he transforms your heart and your life, you are totally different. When he speaks to you, you are totally different. Isn't that what... The New Testament writers were saying when Paul spoke to Timothy about the Word of God, the inspired Word of God, how when we come to it, that it is, that it is good for us for correction and reproof, that somehow it would be good for us in our growth and in its teaching, discipleship. The Word, when God speaks to us and the relationship that we have with God in such ways, it should transform us. So God speaks and God says, hey, I'm strong, I'm significant. When you enter into this relationship with me, you will be changed. It's worth it. Because get this, God says, 
I'm sweet and I'm satisfying. I'm starting to pick up a theme here. Sometimes I can be stubborn and I can miss so many things that God's trying to say. But if you've been here over the last few Sundays and you've heard the psalmist speak, David in particular, you have heard this theme of God satisfying us, of God demonstrating himself pure and sweet to the taste. David said here again, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and the honey comb. In other words, when we hear God speak, when he works within our lives, we will find satisfaction. His words will be sweet and welcome. I love that phraseology. I love that language that's used. Because I'm afraid sometimes, at least in times past in our lives, we have taken this book and we have affirmed its truth. But instead of enjoying it, we've almost used it as a tool. A tool to maybe pound on the pulpit, pound over other people's heads. Now listen to me. I believe in the truth of Scripture, and you, I hope that you've heard me say that. But I want you to know that I don't just believe this thing. I enjoy this book. And I believe in our personal lives, we need to find enjoyment in His Word when He speaks to us, that we don't just say, oh, man, here we go again. God said, thou shalt not, thou shalt. Yeah, man, He is so. God did not mean to be the tyrannical ruler of heaven. God meant for us to enjoy His Word and His presence. God gave us His Word so that we could have the abundant life that comes through Jesus Christ. God, through His Scripture, says, I'm satisfying. I'm sweet. And I think what He says is, I'm steadfast. I'm steadfast. I love this part where it says that the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever, eternal, steadfast. When God speaks, when he speaks through his word, the scripture itself, it is eternal. So many other things will fade away. Listen, so many other things will fade away. But according to the testimony we've been given, the word itself will stand steadfast. And his relationship, the word is so reflective of the relationship he has with us, right? Because the relationship is eternal. Look, creation could introduce me to the God of heaven, but only through the special revelation of Scripture, of Jesus Christ and his coming, could I initiate the relationship with that God above. When he came to me, he, when he took the initiative, Jesus Christ, when he took the initiative to leave heaven and to come to earth and to die for us, when he took that initiative, he offered to us a relationship. 
that if we would come by faith and trust and repent of our sins, we could enjoy a relationship with him. And it is a relationship, it is a relationship that will never end. Just as his word will never end, the relationship with God will never end. Paul says it to the Romans this way. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us. Not even death itself can separate us from the love of God. God speaks to us and God says, I am steadfast in my relationship. I've got to hurry up because I'm about to get to preaching. All right? God says, God says, hey, through creation, you ought to be able to see that I'm God and I'm great. Through the scripture, you ought to be able to see. You ought to be able to see that I am straightforward with you. I'm sure I'm honest. That I am significant. That I will change your life. He says, I'm satisfying. I'm sweet. If you just come to this relationship and if you hear me and you listen to my words, you will understand that. He says, and I'm steadfast. I'm going to be there with you. I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. All these other relationships, they may. They may fail you. I'm not going to fail you. And what is our response? We'll talk about it more in the next couple weeks from our side, but listen to what David says. Keep back your sermon also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgression. In other words, God, when you speak to me, help me that I can follow you and I can keep this relationship that I have with you as pure as possible. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In other words, God, help me on my part. We're going to talk more about that next week. But listen, today if we determine that God has spoken to us, and we hear his voice so clearly, we ought to bow before him and say, God, we not only want to hear you, but we want that word to make a difference in our lives. And God, we want to treasure this relationship. God, we want to value it. And we want our hearts and our minds, as we communicate with you, we want it focused upon you. Today, God is speaking. There's no doubt in my mind, God is speaking to us as a congregation. Would we come with the same response of David? Willingly surrendering our hearts and our lives to say, God, whatever you say. May it impact my relationship with you. And may I be pure before your eyes. May that be our prayer this day. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for speaking to us. Lord, as we have acknowledged here this morning, we could not even know you without you revealing yourself, unveiling yourself before us. God, thank you for speaking to us in such tangible ways of creation and the scripture. God, this day, not only I pray that we will acknowledge you, but that we will run to you in that relationship. God, speak now through this moment of reflection and invitation. Help us to do what you've called us to do. Help us to focus on this relationship. In Jesus' name, amen.